You're listening to Radio Planet Pipe, presenting your weekly update of the best music from the international piping scene. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, the very first downloadable podcast from Planet Pipe. Playing in the background is our brand new jingle by Steve Reed. And this week's show features an interview with Ian McInnes of Tannehill Weavers and Pipeline fame. So let's hear Ian now on Highland Pipes from an album by the band Cantera.
That was Ian McInnes there with McPhee's Reels, and that's on the Cantorach album. Um, it's self-titled, it's called Cantorach, and it's out on Lochshore. Ian's about to join me in the studio for a wee chat, but first let's get a taster of his new album, Shut Love. <laughs> Okay, well, I am joined here in the studio with Ian McInnes, and I have to say it feels quite weird having Ian on the other side <laughs> of the microphone. Uh, I've been used to listening to Pipeline and BBC Radio Scotland since as long as I can remember, and he has been the producer and the presenter for a good while. He took a wee bit of time out in 2003, I think it was. Uh, that's correct, yeah. Um, and Gary West is now the presenter, but Ian, you're still the producer. Can you speak a little bit about how you got into that job? Because I think for many people, it is a dream job to to listen to pipes and to to make piping programs. I suppose it is. It's a it is a lovely job, Lauren, and uh, it's one I've been doing now for almost twenty years. Remarkably enough, um, I kind of got into it actually. Uh, I was doing a postgraduate degree at the School of Scottish Studies, um, and my supervisor there was a chap called Peter Cook uh, mm-hmm. and he did some interesting series for Radio Scotland um, and he sort of shunted me in the right direction towards uh, the producer at the time who's a chap called Hugh MacDonald mm-hmm. who's uh, he was he was a, a classical music producer but he was very interested in pipes actually he did a, a great job on the piping side of things. Yeah. So was it Pipeline in those days or, or was it I remember the piping programme which was... Yeah it was called Music for the Pipes oh, uh, yeah. in those days which was... Um, a fairly straightforward name for it and sort of said precisely what it was. Uh, and the format, actually, in those days was David Murray, who who you'll remember well, uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Murray, he, he looked after the solo piping side of things. That was his uh, great area of expertise and still is. Um, and I tended to focus on the pipe band side of things, which uh, I knew slightly more than David about, um, because in those days I actually played in pipe bands, so it was kind of across the... Uh, uh, the developments in pipe band music and also uh, just who was going where and who was doing what. Yeah, um, Pipeline wasn't your only programme. I think you've, I certainly know you've produced Travelling Folk for a wee while. Um, what, what other projects have you had at the BBC? Uh, well, I worked uh, as a staff producer in the music department, so you, you covered um, pretty much whatever came your way, but uh, I, I focused on the traditional music side of things. Um, I produced Mary Ann for a while back in the... Uh, the days that her programme was called Celtic Connections. Used to also do stuff for Radio 3. We occasionally made series uh, on interesting and exotic um, aspects of European music for particularly their um, world music slot, which is a very late Sunday evening type Mm. slot. Um, For instance, once I made a a series on Hungarian music uh, and the sort of uh, relationship between classical and traditional idiom in in Hungary. So that was... um, that was very interesting. Things like that uh, made a Burns series uh, at one point. Um, Travelling Folk was a great programme to work on. I worked there for a good number of years with Archie Fisher. Yeah. And um, it was fantastic, actually. Well, uh, Archie was, uh, uh, is a lovely chap to work with. Um, 
and of course you're getting the very very best bands coming through the studio yeah. and it was uh, a great uh, eye opener for me just meeting all these great musicians like close quarters. Okay, so let's find out a little bit about the piper behind the producer. Um, tell us a bit about your piping career. You mentioned pipe bands. Well, yes, that was, uh, went, uh, when I went to university, I played in the, I was at Edinburgh University and the university band was, was the OTC, Officer Training Course, so I played in that band. Uh, and the other local band, other than the Edinburgh Police in those days was a band called Wilmot and Dander Hall. It was one of the old mining bands out in uh, Dander Hall, um, just outside Edinburgh. Uh, and that was a grade one band that is probably not known about nowadays. It it uh, it morphed into the Scottish Gas Pipe Band oh, eventually. Okay. That that's where the Scottish Gas Pipe Band came from. Um, and that was uh, that was a good education on the pipe band front. Um, Solo piping, I never really competed much beyond my school days, but I was very fortunate while at school to be taught by pipe major Jimmy McGregor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy was an old uh, Gordon Highlanders pipe major. He'd served in North Africa during the Second World War. He was, uh, I'm not sure if he grew up on the Balmoral estate, but he was one of the pipers on the Balmoral estate with uh, the Bob Brown and Bob Nicol. Mm-hmm. So his his sort of musical... His musical style and uh, the way his the way his music was informed uh, was very much influenced by Brown, Nickel, uh, John MacDonald, Inverness, um, and he had loads of great tunes. Actually, he, he was a great pibroch player. He, he won the gold medal quite late in his life. Uh, I think he was well into his sixties, but he was particularly well known as a march player, mm-hmm. and he was just a, a beautiful march player. Is and that as in the jig, Jimmy McGregor? That's right. Thank Major Jimmy McGregor. Yep. Album, mm-hmm. um, excellent. So, really, I think what most people associate you with musically is Bellows Blown Pipes. How did you get into that? Well, that was um, the early 80s. I was still in, in Edinburgh um, as a student in those days, uh, and I started hearing these instruments being played. Uh, again, my supervisor, I was at the School of Scottish Studies doing a postgraduate degree. My supervisor was a chap called Peter Cook. Um, he used to play Northumbrian pipes a bit, mm-hmm. and he came in with um, some Colin Ross instruments. Colin had uh, Colin's a pipe maker in uh, Whitley Bay in, uh, in Northumberland. Uh, he's been at it 50 years now, remarkably oh. enough, making great instruments. He'd got together with Hamish Moore, and they'd designed these slightly longer small pipe chanters pitched in... A, B flat, these sort of pitches. Um, and that was kind of the start of the small pipe revival. Um, and I just cottoned onto this and thought they were beautiful instruments to play. And I think for the first time in my life, I felt that here was an instrument you could actually play with other people and make music with in a simple way with yeah. other people. I think um, most border pipers and small pipers have a moment like that at some point in their exactly. life. So let's hear um, actually border pipes and small pipes together from the first track in your CD. Um, this is Lieutenant Colonel DGS Murray and it's an interesting tempo for the tune. It sounds lovely. Um, can you tell us a bit about um, why you've decided or where you heard this this tune that's usually played as a pipe and reel um, played at this speed? Well, it's uh, normally played as a reel, uh, of course, but um, the original was as a march. This mm. is probably a bit closer to the original. It was uh, composed by John Allen, Major John Allen of the Army School of Piping, for David Murray, the the very person we were yeah. talking about a, a minute ago. Um, 
I just like it at the speed. And also, I'm getting on in years myself, and <laughs> these tunes are a bit easier to play slowly. But um, the, the original March version is a very beautiful tune. Okay, here we go. This is Ian McInnes from his album Shalav with Lieutenant Colonel DGS Murray.
the lovely sound of some small pipes and border pipes together they're finishing off a track from Ian McInnes's album Shalav Shalav that's an interesting title and it's it's Gaelic so what what does it mean uh, it incorporates the idea of um, good fortune mm. also inheritance uh, I was interested mo- most of the tunes on the CD are tradition they're traditional they're out of the tradition there's only really three or four modern compositions in there um, and I did that deliberately. I do think that there's loads of great material in the tradition buried in the various Scottish pipe yeah. music traditions, the Highland, the Lowland, the small pipe traditions uh, that's worthy of an airing. Um, I wanted a, a, something that incorporated that idea, that idea of dulachas or inheritance. I didn't want to use the word dulachas. It's been used quite a lot. Um, in fact, it was a woman called Iona MacDonald who works in Portree uh, with the fish in there um, who suggested this term. It's often a term that simply means good luck. Mm-hmm. Great. I think um, that first track demonstrates that um, we've got a, a 19th century tune, a 20th century tune, and we've also got a, a fairly modern tune by Mary Campbell's uh-huh. father, I think. Is that right? It's uh, by Mary Campbell for, for, her, for her, father, her father, and it's called The Treadmill. Yeah. So I love the I've, I've recognised that tune. I think it's starting to pass into tradition oh, itself. It? Yeah, I've heard mm. it a few times. Um, Sound-wise, it's a very Baroque-sounding album. It's You've not gone down the normal route of what, what piping albums have, which is just solo pipes, then some random accompaniment. There's, there's really definitely a feel to the whole album, which certainly sounds very classical. You've got a lot of string parts, you've got some harpsichords, um, some concertina. Is this deliberate? Did you, did you always dream about doing an album like this? I would say it is deliberate. Um, I wouldn't say I've always dreamt about doing something like this, um, but I did want to explore avenues I haven't been down before. Um, obviously, having been recording since the sort of mid '80s, not a huge amount, but uh, with the Tannehill Weavers, um, I made some albums with them. Uh, with them, back in the the '80s, and with Small Talk, each of these bands have different sounds. And one route I'd never gone down was trying to play with fixed pitch instruments, uh, the keyboards, the concertina things like that, and um, harmonium as well. And it's a challenge, as you know yourself, Lauren, just being able to set the pipes in with these instruments. um, They've got to be quite precise. I think it's worked well. I was very pleased the way it came out in the studio. There's always that uh, moment of uh, will it work, won't it work? Uh, And by and large, it's come come together very well, I think. Um, Dave McGuinness, who plays uh, the harpsichord and keyboard, he actually worked in the office with us at BBC Scotland, oh, yeah. so I didn't have to travel too far <laughs> to persuade him to uh, to play with me. He's he's a very well known harpsichord player, one of Scotland's best. He's got his own band called Concerto Caledonia, right. uh, but he's also a great improviser um, and just loves all sorts of music. So he was very willing to to give it a, a shot. And I think he's responsible for. Um, a track that certainly made my ears pick up, which is um, the track of um, Three Two Hornpipes, um, the the very last tune in that. That's an interesting tune to play on pipes. Oh, the, the little handle tune. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, well, he's totally responsible for that. We'd um, I fancy doing a couple of these old hornpipe type tunes. We we tend to think of hornpipes now in Highland piping as yeah. two four type tunes, uh, very similar to to the old Scots measure. 
um, 2-4 March type thing. But um, certainly in, in the older tradition in the borders and indeed further south right into sort of Lancashire and places, um, three twos were known as hornpipes. They've got quite a driving sort of style and feel to them, almost like playing jigs in many ways. Um, but uh, ask David if he had any... Um, at his fingertips, because he does actually, he plays loads of that sort of music with Concerto Caledonia, uh, late Baroque sort of tunes. He suggested this one, this little bit of um, handled bit of water music. Yeah, it certainly feels at home on pipes. Let's hear it now. Thank you. 
So we spoke about the Tannehill Weavers, which I think are undoubtedly one of Scotland's most well-known and well-respected folk bands, um, and they've certainly been on the go for a long time. I think you joined them in the mid-80s, taking on from Piper Alan McLeod. What was that like? It was uh, a lot of fun, Lorne. (laughs) I I would recommend it if you can possibly do it. (laughs) I've heard some interesting stories about times on the road. Uh, yes, no. It was a good. It was a very hard-working band, actually, yeah. and still are. They've had. Uh, they've been on the road about thirty years. Yeah. Uh, they deserve a medal for that alone. Um, they. When I joined them, actually, I joined them at a good point. They'd sort of established themselves uh, on a European touring circuit and indeed uh, North America. So, um, stepping into Alan's shoes, they, they had uh, the concert circuit there, and they were doing nice, uh, nice gigs around Europe. It was a very hard-working band. Um, you know, they were they're out doing long tours a month, six weeks, things like that. Um, and it was fun musically as well. I must say, I learned a tremendous amount from them. Uh, stagecraft, all the sort of things that that you do need to learn. It's mm. you, you can't just uh, assume that it'll happen easily. Uh, and musically, uh, Ross Kennedy was in the band, a mm. uh, very good rhythm player. Stuart Morrison was a fiddler when I, I joined them. Uh, later, John Martin. So, very good people to play with and and to learn music from. Yeah, and uh, Stuart Morrison and Billy Ross, who you spoke about there. You've you also played in the band Small Talk, um, and also Ocean and your your first solo album, which was Trice. I think that's got a very oceanic feel to it, if that if that's a word. <laughs> um, which was out in nineteen ninety nine. That's on Green Tracks. Is yeah, that's on Green Tracks. That's on Green Tracks. Well, Billy Jackson produced that, so there was um, uh, a degree of sort of Billy's um, approach to to making albums there, which was very beneficial to me, and he he played harp on it as well. Mm. Um, And that was really my first sort of venture into sort of doing material that I I really wanted to do myself, um, purely instrumental. Great. So the last track we're going to hear from the album is a duet with Simon Tumier on Concertina. This is something that I've actually really hoped someone was going to do at some point because Concertina and Small Pipes do have a very similar timbre. Yes. Um, Tell me a bit about um, what made you decide to do this with Simon. Uh, Well, as you say, I mean, it's a sound... uh, The the actual sounds of the instruments are remarkably similar, I Mm. think. Um, And Simon is a great guy to play with. Yeah particularly because he started as a piper, I understand, um, in the Boys Brigade in Edinburgh. So when you do play pipes with him, he's just totally tuned into the embellishment, the gracing, but he's just got an amazing musical brain, so he can take things away in in all sorts of directions. Um, It's not a thing I've ever tried before myself. Have you tried it, Lorne, playing with Um, concertinas? I I have, and it failed, if I'm honest. (laughs) Um, I think there was a bit of auto tune got tried and then it just ended up not quite working. That was that was Highland pipes though and yeah. and concertina, so there was a bit of technology involved. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, you've got to get the tuning right and yeah, these sort of things, that's or, it. or it's, else it's, it's a even, disaster area. So. It's even worse with these reed instruments. That that slight bit of auto tune this just is so painful in the ear. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, you don't have to worry about that. And let's hear that track now. This is Ian McKenis and Simon Tumier. Thank you. 
Ian McInnes and Simon Toomer there. So Ian, you, your forte is really in the bellows blown pipes, border pipes and small pipes. Now we're all fairly used to hearing these now with musicians like Fred Morrison um, and Anna Murray, um, but they're actually quite a modern development, aren't they? Well, very much so, Lorne. Um, before the early 1980s, in fact, they were very hard to get in Scotland. The, the bellows pipes that we did see were nearly all illan pipes, Irish illan pipes, or Northumbrian pipes, people like um, Joe Hutton coming north from uh, Northumberland. Um, so it was very much a, a revival. Um, you could almost say the revival is now over in the, in the sense, as you're implying, that um, they're now a commonplace instrument in the, in the Scottish folk scene. But then um, there was a lot of work to be done. We had to find repertoire. When I say we, just everyone who was interested in these uh, lovely little instruments. Um, pipe makers had to start manufacturing the instruments um, and people had to decide how to play them. You know, do you play a border pipe chanter as you would a highland pipe chanter or do you actually aim to incorporate different technique into what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of um, imponderables and variables and these things are still being discussed, of course. Um, the instruments themselves, the small pipes kind of took off first, as you're well aware, I guess because they're slightly easier to play and slightly easier to manufacture. These are just straight bore chanters, a bit like um, very well-made practice chanters in a sense, beautifully readed up, of course, Early technology was very much Northumbrian pipe technology, so early makers like Robbie Greensit and Colin Ross were essentially using the same reeds as they used in Northumbrian pipes, but using them, um, designing longer chanters uh, for Scottish small pipes. Uh, chanters in A and B flat were the ones we saw first. Um, slightly higher pitches have uh, also taken off. C, D, I, I play a lot of stuff on this recording on a D chanter. That's a lovely sweet sound. Um, isn't it? It's a sweet sound. It's, uh, uh, a lot of people find it difficult because the the, the finger spacing is yeah. very tight, so you have to sort of readapt the way you're playing slightly to the size of the chanter. Yeah. Um, what about accidental notes? Have you ever used them? Is that something that that you think is and should be part of the border pipe way of playing? Well, I haven't. Uh, I'd have to say I'm quite new to playing a border pipe. Uh, in a, a, per se, um, in other words, a conically bored chanter that sounds quite like a Highland pipe chanter, but it's off um, a bit quieter. Um, I haven't really gone down that route, but uh, certainly uh, it's a thing you can do, and um, much better players than I have uh, experimented with doing that. Uh, certainly, there's great scope for playing G sharps, yeah. C naturals, F naturals, that sort of thing. I think it depends very much on what sort of repertoire you want to play quite honestly now what's the plans for pipeline in the future this whole technology thing's gone insane worldwide it means that anyone can listen to pipeline whenever they want um is this is this good do you think has this increased your listenership uh, it's certainly increased our listenership lauren a lot yeah. yeah um and it's very gratifying actually i mean you'll know that yourself yeah. for running your own program here there is a, a worldwide uh, audience for for bagpipes People around the world play the instrument, they're, they're interested in the instrument. I think what we try and do in Pipeline is sort of represent the core tradition, you know, the um, the solo Highland piper um, and his repertoire and the pipe bands. Yeah. Um, other stuff, the more sort of experimental stuff, we're very happy to represent it, but it's not a core part of the programme. And we do have other 
programmes on Radio Scotland that um, that are, are a, a natural place for some of the more experimental stuff. We have Marianne Kennedy's Global Gathering, we have Travelling Folk, programmes mm-hmm. like that. Um, so to my mind, uh, Pipeline is and uh, I hope will remain very much a programme that we can feature the the best of the Highland Pipers and the pipe bands and also give a platform to people who are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be well aware of the fact that there aren't a huge amount of commercial recordings out there, so we have to generate our own material. And I'm sure 50 or 60% of what we put out um, comes from recordings we've made ourselves. Yeah, you do. You've also got a fantastic archive there, and it's great when you start hearing voices like um, DGS Murray again on the radio. It's, it's yes. just fantastic. Um, and also the the concert, I, I missed the Celtic Connections concert, the Inverary Pipe Band and Vale of Athlon. It was great to be able just to sit at home on a Saturday night, or indeed whenever, um, and listen to it. Any more concerts, that sort of thing, coming up? Uh, well, certainly we do try and tap into a certain amount of um, live events each year. I mean, like uh, all programmes, we have sort of some budgetary considerations. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to do more pipe band stuff. That's maybe an area that we haven't been able to focus on a great deal recently. Uh, pipe bands, to my mind, do... Uh, they're designed to play outdoors um, in the open on the grass and that's where they sound at their absolute best. Um, And there are challenges recording these sort of bands indoors doing concert material. But as you say, the the Vale and uh, Inverary were very good. That's Mm -hmm. um, year on year a tremendous uh, event and uh, I would congratulate both bands (laughs) on what they achieved doing that. Certainly, yeah. What about yourself as a piper? Any plans? (laughs) Well, I'm still soldiering on. Uh, two weeks ago, I turned 50. Jeez. And um, I've always said that I might start competing when I turn 50, <laughs> so I'd better get practising. We're going to see you on the board, is that it? <laughs> well, um, I, do tr- I actually really enjoy what I enjoy doing nowadays is I play a lot more Highland Pipes than I have done in right. the last 10 years. Um, and just standing in the house playing a Pibroch to myself is something I enjoy doing tremendously, more so than I did in my 20s and 30s, so maybe that's a route oh, that's, I'll that's go down. Good to know I've got that to look forward to. <laughs> it's an age thing, Warren. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ian, listen, thanks very much for joining us, and that album you've got out is absolutely fantastic. We've played it a few times in the show before, um, and I'm sure we'll be playing it again. Well, thank you for inviting me in. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this week's Radio Planet Pipe. On the last show, we had a competition to win a TMSA Young Trad Tour CD. And the winner of that was Barry Shears. So congratulations, Barry. Barry sent us an email saying it's been a wee while since he's listened to the show, but he's very glad to see that it's still up. And hopefully he'll be one of the many of you to enjoy the benefits of the podcast. Um, If you're not sure about how to use the new player, then just send us an email at studio at planetpipe.com and we'll be sure to help you out. Um, All you need to do is click on subscribe in the top right hand corner of the site and that should give you options to add it to whatever newsreader or iTunes or whatever that you want to subscribe to it through. Alternatively, as ever, you can still listen to a stream of the radio show by clicking on the play button. 
on the post for the appropriate show. Now, there is a competition for this week's show as well, and you can win yourself a copy of Ian McInnes' album, Shalav. And if you've been listening carefully, you'll know the answer to this. Um, it's in the interview with Ian himself. It's, what does Shalav mean? The title of Ian's new album is Shalav, but what does that actually mean? Send us your answers, studio at planetpipe.com. You could win yourself a copy of Ian McInnes' fantastic new album, Shalav. Playing us out this week is the Treacherous Orchestra. This is an epic track from an epic band with um, some of Scotland's most amazing musicians. The pipers involved are Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton. And this is a track written by Ross Ainsley called Easter Island. I'm Lorne McDougall. Please be sure to check out next week's archive programme and then another brand new Radio Planet Pipe in two weeks' time. <laughs>